service your existing car with us right now and it's worth £500 off your next car. Yes, at Macklin Motors Toyota, we'll give you a £500 voucher off any of our brand new Toyotas when you book in for a service with our expert Toyota trained technicians. We even have complimentary courtesy cars available, so book your service now and get £500 off any new Toyota. Visit macklinmotors.co.uk or see us at Kennishead Road, Darnley. Macklin Motors, the new name for Toyota sales and servicing in Glasgow. Valid on services till 30th September. Excludes Motability and Fleet customers. One £500 voucher per vehicle purchased by 31st December. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com. Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! go, 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 go. Well, four days and counting to the start of the Scottish League season. Yeah, it's getting close. At Livingston against Rangers on Saturday. That's the first game of the weekend. Ammonville. Hearts against Ross County, 3 o'clock. Kilmarnock against Dundee United. St Johnston play Hibs. And on Sunday, it's St Mirren against Motherwell. And the champions get their campaign going, their defence of the crown, at home to Aberdeen. That is a half past four kickoff. So we're going to have a leadership debate. No, not that one. Uh, lost the world. I love watching a bit of that last night. Uh, we're going to be talking about leadership of Scottish football's top flight. Who will be the top team? Will it be Celtic again? Uh, do Rangers have enough to overhaul them? Uh, and Stephen Craig and we're going to be getting you to do the complete countdown in the next hour. Uh, the expression in his face tells all at that point. Uh, firstly, who, who are going to be champions? Are, can Celtic be deposed, do you reckon? Do we have enough evidence for that? Are we going straight into it? This is it. Well, starting? no, I don't want your entire no, well, 12. But Well, you just asked me the question. I, well, I did. Any chance of an answer? I always think that the, that the, that the team that won the league the previous season came into the following season as favourites I think it was obvious last season when Rangers two seasons ago when Rangers won the league they came in at the start of last season as favourites because they had momentum they had that feel good factor about them Celtic had a little bit of a rebuilding job and I think it's kind of similar this season Celtic find themselves in a similar position Rangers were in last season whereas they came in as favourites they've kept the majority of their squad I think they theirs was all about ret a retainment over the summer keeping Cameron Carter-Vickers and keeping Jota they managed to do that. They've added the likes of Aaron Moy, who will give some quality. For Rangers, they've had to rebuild a little bit. They've lost some of their key players. They've brought in some good acquisitions, I have to say. They've spent really well. They've brought in good, young, hungry players with lots of room for improvement. So we still have to see how that will mould together. It's done well pre-season. Good result against West Ham. I watched the game against Spurs at the weekend. They had some good passages to play, some exciting moments. So can they bring it to the fore? when the league game starts so I always think that the champions from the previous season come into the following season as favourites just because they've won the league the season before but that's not to say that Rangers aren't capable or won't put in a title challenge because as we know um, both sides will be strong I think both sides will be well into the 90s this season with points I look at the rest of the teams in the league and I'm not too sure many teams this season will take points off Rangers or Celtic I would imagine at home Barring the old firm games, I can't see them dropping many points and away from home. When you look at the squad depth both have, Rob, they will be streets ahead of everyone else. Yep, and they've been very active in the transfer market as well. Maybe some business still to be done as well. Uh, latest in the door at Rangers, uh, Reid van Yilmaz, 
uh, the new uh, left back from the Turkish international left back on a five year deal decent outlay of money on that one so clearly a fair bit of confidence that he is going to make uh, an impact um, at Rangers as well uh, we'll talk about Alfredo Morelos in the show um, uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has been speaking uh, about his fitness uh, and about uh, the prospect of him signing uh, a new deal he's not quite ready he's not going to be ready for the start of the season clearly but uh, maybe uh, a few weeks away could Kemar Roof be on his way out he's being linked at the moment um, with a move to Sheffield Wednesday Crags and the reality is he's got a great strike rate for when he's played um, but he's been unavailable too often hasn't he? It has been and just when you felt as if there was moments last season particularly when Alfredo Morelos was out which meant Kemar Roof was the only available out and out striker there was moments where you thought right that's him this is his chance to go and put 8, 9, 10 games together and show his impact but then starts plays does okay gets a goal then injured you know, just couldn't maintain that. And what kind of told me a little bit about where he might have sat in the mindset of Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, Europa League final, in the extra time, I think he got two or three minutes at the end. Mm. You know, Scottish Cup final, didn't get on at all. And he's the only fit out-and-out striker. Okay, might not have trained an awful lot, but at 1-1 in the Europa League final, you're looking for someone to come on and do something possibly and change the game. Aaron Ramsey as well, and they'd only got himself two or three minutes. I think they come on at the same time. Uh, so the fact that he only got three minutes over two games, two major games for Rangers, probably told me, or probably told everyone from the outside, he maybe isn't part of the long-term plans. Mm-hmm. He's maybe laying that marker down to say, I'm planting the seed early that I don't see you being my out-and-out number nine moving forward. We'll get Morelos back. He might have had his mind on Cholak already. Mm-hmm. So uh, just moments like that kind of stick out for you. Um, but you're, you know, you're right, when he's fit and available uh, in the team, he scores goals. Yeah. However... You know, uh, you'd imagine they'd be on a, a significant salary because mm. they pay good money for him. They can't afford to have a player who's going to be fit only 50% of the season. Yeah. Whether that's his fault or whether it's not or whether it's just a recurring injury that keeps coming up. But ultimately, as a manager, when the amount of games Rangers are going to play, they need yeah. people who they can rely on and, and can be fit and available. I don't think we're, we're suggesting for a minute that that, uh, that he's feigning injury or, no, no, or no, that, no, he's, no. that he's not no, genuinely no. injured. But words like dependability and reliability are really important to a manager. You, you know, you want to be able to count on him more often than you've got to count him out. Yeah. But you can imagine for Kimar Roof, it'll be hugely frustrating watching the players winning games, watching new players coming in, watching them in the Europa League final and the build-up and that, you know, the atmosphere at the semi-final at home against Leipzig in the second leg. It will be hugely frustrating knowing it's a niggling injury. But I think it seems to be calves. It seems mm. to be a calf injury. And I always just think once calf injuries kick in, they're awfully hard to get rid of. You know, they keep niggling back all the time. So, yeah, I mean, we're not for one moment saying he's fearing an injury. Of course he's not. He's a player who, when you can see, plays, commits to the game and mm. is fully committed in the game. It's just unfortunate that whether it's a recurring injury, the same injury, or whether it's different injuries, he's had a, um, a hell of a lot of bad luck. We'll be talking about Alfredo Morelos, of course. Um, we've been, well, we've we've been talking about him for the last five years since he came in the door. I think people have been wondering when he was going to leave, and maybe he's still not going to leave. Maybe he's going to uh, sign up to a new deal. He's certainly um, back in training. At uh, the moment, he's training. Uh, you know, big parts of the session, he's, he's training with us, so that's a good sign. He looks. Uh, Every, every session he looks uh, better and sharper, so uh, we're monitoring his development uh, really closely in the next coming weeks because, of course, when, he, when he's fit, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's one option for me uh, up front uh, as well, which, uh, you know, we all know his quality. So, 
I'd rather have him uh, back quick, uh, quick as possible. And maybe a prospective move elsewhere was never going to happen uh, with him not being fully fit, with him coming back from this injury, Craigs? You'd imagine so. You know, anybody who would have been wanting to go and spend, you know, 10, 12, 15 million, whatever the fee was going to be, I'm not going to decide the fee, but anybody who's going to spend significant money would want to sign someone who's fit and ready to play. Not someone who you're going to sign and say, well, he might be ready in four or five weeks. Managers, if you're going to your owner or your chairman and saying, I want to spend money in this player, what's his form like? Is he fit? Is he available? Well, he's not fit for a few weeks. That would possibly put people off, which is maybe put Rangers back into the driving seat of getting them that ex you know, contract extension. But plus you also remember with you know Alfredo Morelos, looking around the club, I think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has brought a freshness to the place. I really do. I just think there's a, just the way he deals with things, he's not as uptight possibly as what Steven Gerrard was. He's, he's more relaxed. He doesn't give an awful lot away. The players seem to be enjoying him. You're looking at new players coming in the door, young players, hungry players. And if you're someone who's injured and you're watching what's going on, you're thinking... I wouldn't mind being a part of that. Mm -hmm. Maybe he just feels that there's something building nicely for them, getting to the Europa League final, uh, selling some players, bringing some money in, bringing in the likes of Matondo, who's looked quick and sharp. Uh, Tillman has looked like he, he could possibly be that number 10 that Rangers have missed, that little spark player. He's only 20 years of age, so you can't rely on him in every single game, but he certainly looks as if he's got something. Tom Lawrence made an impact against West Ham. So suddenly when you put all that together, as a player, you think, I wouldn't mind being part of that. Plus, if they're coming and offering him a new contract, Rob, giving them an increase in wages because they've got a bit more money to play with, then you think, well, why not sign a four-year contract here, another three years and stay here and score more goals? Because he's lauded. The fans love him. Yeah. You know, the fans love what mm. he does. You know, and, and, and when he's at his best, then he's a dangerous player. I, I can't help but think if he'd played in the Europa League final, Rangers mm. would possibly have won the game. Yeah. You know, just because they were playing without... And he's got that record of scoring in the European that's games. That's his big games. Yeah. That's where he wants to be. So maybe he thinks, well, you know... The, the club's going in the right direction things are moving forward he's got a better relationship possibly you know again I'm trying to find out reasons why he would stay maybe get a better relationship with Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and Roy McKay than maybe what he had with Steven Gerrard who knows mm. so when you feel happy somewhere and you feel content then you think why not say again that was the Rangers manager speaking to Sky Sports and here he is again on the subject of Morelos this time well eventually he veers away from fitness and training and gets round uh, to that thorny subject of will he sign a new deal well I mean it's you know I'm only looking of course for his, his physical fitness at the moment he's been out for a long time but working really hard to get back to the levels he uh, he has to be to, to perform in, in games and uh, you know of course the other uh, issue is the well, issue is, is the the contract he has. He's very uh, positive about signing a new contract. You know, we're 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 doing our best to uh, to get uh, Morella signed a new contract as well. So uh, hopefully in the next coming weeks we will uh, we will sort it out. But uh, you know, still the talks are going. Very positive about signing a new contract. You wouldn't be taking yeah. anything for granted until it is carved in stone. But that sounds very encouraging. He's, you know, he's put himself out there to say, you know, he, he's keen to sign a new contract, basically. So mm -hmm. that tells you the talks have happened. Clearly, he said that. I mean, there was a newspaper or someone said a story earlier on that they reckon it's been agreed or, you know, it's just yeah. a matter of getting it signed. Mm -hmm. uh, clearly, you know, remember Stuart Robertson, you know, when he released a statement, I don't know, was it pre-Christmas possibly? When he spoke about the player trading model, maybe it could have been 18 months ago. <laughs> Time's going yeah. that fast. Just about how you needed to sell mm -hmm. players and bring yeah. some finance in. And the four we always spoke about were probably, well, the three were probably Ryan Kent, Joe Rebo, and Alfredo Morelos. And as the second half of last season went on, Calvin Bassey came into that. Yeah. So out of the four players, they probably thought, if we could sell two for significant money, it would then free up a little bit of money to enhance the squad elsewhere, 
but also probably to tie the other two up so you could protect that investment for another two or three years. So I would imagine since Calvin Bassey's deal's gone through and Joe Rebo's deal's gone through, full focus will have been on Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos. Conor Goldson, you know, he got his deal. Yeah. You know, they probably knew Rebo was away. So that's huge business because that saves you a big transfer fee of having to go and bring yeah. in, you know, you talk about yeah. dependability and reliability. Mm-hmm. Conor Goldson has fit every single yeah. game. You know, and, and, and what was also a plus for, you know, the likes of Conor Goldson and James Tavernier, they had no international football over the summer. So as many, you know, as much as they play 55, 60 games through a season or whatever it may be, come the summer, they don't play international no, football, they don't true. play major competitions. So they get seven, eight weeks yeah. off to recover and get themselves down and they can go and do that again. Whereas if they were playing internationals in June, then September, then November, you know, it would yeah. take its toll somewhere along the line. So Is Glenn Kamara another one you could add into that that, that frame? A, a player who potentially could make a massive yeah. profit for Rangers and around whom there has been quite a lot of talk through the summer? Well, a massive profit on the money they paid for him. Yeah. Of 50 grand. I mean, yeah. if you saw Glenn Kamara for eight, million pounds for example you know, six eight million pounds something to Joe Rebo that's a huge increase of value from your 50,000 pounds yeah. so the fact they have him in a longer term contract means that you know he's tied down if someone comes in and wants to take him on so it's then, got to be silly money like like you know an offer you can't refuse like Calvin Bassey I think well not that kind of number no I'm not suggesting it would be yeah. that number but but a figure that actually you can't really yeah. say no to because you have him on a longer term deal yeah. so if somebody comes in and tries to you know under cook or under you know undervalue your player, I think that's well, okay. He's got three three years left mm. in his contract. If you want to come in and you want to take Glenn Kamara, for example, the player we're talking about, you've got to give us a money where actually offer a, a fee that makes us think, oh, this is viable now. But anything that they you know say five six million, I think well, there's no point because he's more valued to us yeah. in the middle of the pitch and he'll win us more games and potentially win major trophies and potentially progress in Europe. That's yeah. much more beneficial than five million pounds, considering when they just got twelve million pounds for Nathan. Patterson, or 12 million-ish, whatever yeah. the final deal yeah. is, 18 million up to 22 for Calvin Bassey, six for Joe Rebo. You know, Rangers probably haven't brought in that type of money mm. ever in a transfer window. I mean, somebody might come on and say, no, no, they made this, this, and this. I can't remember ever that kind of money coming in a transfer no. window for Rangers. So that covers their, their potential loss of Champions League earnings if they don't get themselves into the Champions League. You know, that's a, a, mm. a huge windfall to fall back on, Rob. Yeah. Plus, add the Europa League money they made towards the end of the season. If they do get into the Champions League, then they suddenly become really cash rich. So without getting ahead of themselves, uh, Morelos and Kent, you would imagine, will be the next two players. Be, but Morelos looks as if it's close. Kent will be the next one. Just to protect what they have and the investment they made in him at £7 million to try and keep him for another two or three years. If he does well, then they possibly sell and get their money back. Yeah. I think what you were saying about Kamara is probably what I feel about Alfredo Morelos. There's been a lot of talk about him moving on. He's in the last year of his contract. But... You have to if if you do let him go, and and we we have been talking about six, seven, eight million pounds as, as a potential mm-hmm. fee. Does that cover the the goals you're no, gonna you're gonna no. lose in the course of the season? And and on the positive side of that of that coin, what you're gonna get out of Morelos getting you again deep in maybe qualifying you for the Champions League. Well, I suppose the other side of that, the flip side of that would be if he shows no intention of signing, mm. and he says I want to leave or I'm not signing a new contract. Do you get a demotivated player who's looking to move, or you know, if you send a new contract, then you get a motivated player who wants to go and prove that? So, there's the balance of two. Mm. Naturally, the goals he brings and the appetite and the energy he brings up front and the, and the, the havoc he causes for defences then is absolutely worthwhile keeping. Hence, the reason why they're trying to push it for him. But you know, five, five, six million pounds wouldn't replace what Alfred Morelos brings as the package. You know, what he brings to the team, what he brings to the pitch, what he brings to the fans, the goals, assists. You know, of course, it wouldn't replace that. However. If he's made it clear that he's not going to sign a contract, mm. then like Joe Rebo, six million pounds plus add-ons is undervalued, probably for the quality player he has. But that's based on having a year left in his yeah. contract and 
quite clearly making the point, you know, I don't want to sign again. I'll stay and play for the next year if you want me to. But then the value goes down come Christmas and then you end up losing the player for next to nothing. So uh, time up, I think, naturally would be the would be the first instinct for Rangers. From what you've seen of Cholak so far, um, if Alfredo Morales is fit and firing on all cylinders, is he the man? Is he still the man? Can they both be fitted into the team? Or is um, Alfredo Morales still at the top of the pecking order if he gets back to, to where he was? If both fully fit, I would say Morales is your number one striker. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, but you're saying fit. I mean, you could be, considering he's been out quite a long time, you could be six, seven, eight weeks away from that. Mm-hmm. You know, by the from, time he gets some games. By the time he gets himself games, yeah. the time he gets, and you might have to take bits where he doesn't play so well or he looks fatigued coming off the bench, he'll have to kind of work his way in. So having Cholak, who started, I think, every preseason game. And how, how's he looked? Back, I think he's looked better as he's went on. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, and I, is he a number nine? Yes, out now, number nine. Yeah. And I think what will suit uh, Rangers having him away from home in the tight compact grounds where defence is sitting they have an option now to go a little bit more direct to cross from deeper like James Tavernier does because he has that presence of six foot two, six foot three, who not just maybe wins the ball but attracts defenders to him which then means creates space for other midfield players to get involved Tom Lawrence looks like he's an attacking midfield player Matondo's got incredible pace so when he gets 1v1 against people you know it's going down the line and it's coming into the box so you've got a centre forward Rob he's probably at his best in the double six yard box that's where he does all his work Morelos would run the channels and link up play. You know, Cholak will do that, but I think he looks like an out-and-out number nine who get the ball into the right areas and he'll cause havoc and score goals. What do you think is Alfredo Morelos still Rangers' number one striker? Is he about to sign on the dotted line and extend his stay at Ibrox? Are Rangers going to overhaul Celtic and be champions uh, this season? Or is it going to be all about Ange Postacoglu and his team again holding on to their title and uh, proving themselves to be the best in the country? 0808 17 17 700. It's Rob McLean and Stephen Cragen on Tuesday's Go Radio Football Show on the socials at Go Football Show. And the football chat continues. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! It's Tuesday's Go Radio Football Show um, with uh, breaking news uh, for you. There's Motherwell news uh, coming up, but immediately, just the news that Juventus have terminated the contract of midfielder Aaron Ramsey. Uh, I wonder if he could be back for part two at Rangers. Don't think so, uh, probably, um, but that's the end of his deal. I wonder what the payoff was, Craig's, eh? Well, it, it's incredible because you know, the range of his weekly wage went from £200,000 to £400,000, so I've no idea what it is. But I think most importantly for Aaron Ramsey is to get back playing football again, Rob. Get yourself fit, get into someone's team. Wales has got the World Cup coming up in November. He came to Rangers in January. It didn't work out. He wasn't available for enough games, probably. You'd imagine it's a, a bugbear of his that he didn't get the chance to make any kind of impact mm. in the League final or playing the Scottish Cup final. However, these things happen. He's got the World Cup Final, uh, World Cup finals to look forward to so hopefully he gets himself a club and sure there'll be plenty of suitors plenty of English Premier yeah. League clubs Adam Madge will be having a little look there's the emotional one of Cardiff as well I think they were linked mm. just because that's where he started his career would he go back and play at Cardiff but you'd imagine there'd be plenty of people and you'd think it would be a pay-as-you-play deal mm. if you've got that big payoff you're talking about then pay-as-you-play would probably suit him Do you think Rangers reflect on the January transfer window uh, and what did happen and what didn't happen, Ahmad Diallo yeah. uh, didn't make uh, the impact that was expected on loan from Man United. And Ramsey certain, certainly mm-hmm. didn't have the impact. Um, and you just wonder whether Rangers could have beefed up the squad at that point and 
got closer to Celtic? I think that's a hard window. You know, beefing up the squad would have mean, you know, meant going and buying players, spending money to bring players in when Rangers didn't know they had the Europa League run ahead of them. Yeah. They didn't know they were going to sell Calvin, uh, Calvin Bassey for 20-odd million pounds in the summer in Joe Rebo. So they probably had to work within a budget. And I always think it's a really difficult window to go and spend money because clubs aren't going to part with their best players. So, you know, Rangers went down the route of trying to bring in loan deals because they brought them in so late in January as well. They weren't up to fitness. They hadn't played for a long time, either of them. They hadn't played you know, a lot of first-team football. So the minute they came into the club, they're playing catch-up. And Rangers were back in, playing games. They needed players to hit the ground running. So it was like probably two gambles they took to see if they could make any kind of impact because Diallo was a winger that they needed and Aaron Ramsey was that attacking midfield player that they needed. But ultimately, it didn't work for them. You know, Looking back, would they do it again? Probably not, but hindsight's a wonderful thing. However, when two players like that are afforded to them, and it must have fitted within their budget, within their financial restraints, it must have fitted within the, their tight budget. They thought, well, okay, we'll go and have a go at it. Big name players, they might produce a moment or moments that could help us along the way, but unfortunately, it didn't go that way. How do you fancy 250 quid? No, not you. You, <laughs> how do you fancy? We've, we've teamed up with our friends at Clyde Built Home Improvements. Uh, your chance to win £250 every Friday on the show by predicting the weekend Scottish Premiership results. Register online at thisisgo.co.uk now for your chance to join us in predicting the scores this Friday on the eve of the start of the Premiership campaign. Everyone who comes on gets £100 straight away, then 150 if you get them all right, shouldn't be a great problem. What? Register now at thisisgo.co.uk. I'm just thinking, just looking at Scottish football fixtures, yeah. how the heck can you predict, out with the old firm, hearts possibly, the rest of them? Is that going to be a problem, do you think? I always look at us, well, whoever does it, I would say deserves <laughs> a hell of a lot more than 150 quid. <laughs> well, be you, better, have, you have already the management there. You'd be better going to the bookies and put them on the bookies and trying to get yeah. better odds because, I mean, just even looking at this weekend's fixtures coming up, yeah, you know, it's really difficult because there's know. there's very little between the teams, Rob. Yeah, you know, and and if you know if you made your predictions and went and looked at them the following day, you would think, how wrong was I? But that's sometimes you go with gut instinct. But whoever gets that, you, you'll deserve your money. Well, Motherwell have got themselves a boost today. Uh, Kevin Van Veen has signed a, a one-year contract mm -hmm. extension. Your old team pleased about that? Yes, because he's the only out-and-out -out striker they have who play in that position. You know, Connor Shields is a centre-forward, but he's been getting played off the right-hand side. So, uh, I think he's their talisman. I think when he's in their team, he makes them better. He looked a little bit sluggish last week, but that's because he hadn't trained. He hadn't played uh, the Partick Thistle game, I think, the, the last pre-season friendly before. He had minimal training time ahead of the Sligo game. So, uh, you know, there's no doubt he's he's a big player. Losing Tony Watt uh, at Christmas took a few goals out of the team. Uh, maybe not Tony, Tony Watt necessarily, but his goals were missed in the second half of the season. He couldn't replace his goals. Kevin Van Veen goals dried up second half of the season but I think he's their best centre forward they have so to have him for another year 2024 I think his contract goes to now mm. um, certainly should be some sort of boost and he will be much fitter and sharper after the, the minutes he had last week against Sligo he should be much fitter and sharper this Thursday in Sligo yeah, he's a really talented player, isn't he? And he, he does a, has a big effect on on everyone round about. Um, not too many um, massive, dramatic changes in that Motherwell team, but they'll, they'll have to come up with something. Can they? Do you see them turning it round in Sligo? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's not been arrogant. They're writing Sligo off. I just look at them and think, what was missing wasn't general fitness, wasn't match fitness effectively, but 
I said to you before the programme, it was the finer details in the game that let him down a little bit. Corner kicks hitting the first man or hitting the goalkeeper's hands. Cross balls hitting the first defender. You know, shots from distance on target, but not really threatening to go into the back of the net. Sometimes that way to pass was under hit or over hit. You know, link up play, movement, all that kind of stuff that comes through four or five games, whether they're friendlies or whether they're competitive games. They, they just looked as if they were a little bit blunt in the final thing they'd done with the ball in the top end of the pitch. They had enough possession, they'd plenty of the ball. Sligo carried a threat. They were good in the counter-attack. They had a uh, boy Fitzgerald on the left-hand side, O'Sullivan on the right. Eden Keane up front, for as quiet as he was, he got a really good goal after uh, an individual error by Bevis McGabby. So, you know, it, it, it's not as if they're going to play the top two or three teams in the League of Ireland, which are probably Dundalk, St. Pat's, who Tim Clancy's manager off, or Derry City or Shamrock Rovers. You know, they're, they're mm. good sides. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying Sligo aren't, but I think Sligo are a mid-table League of Ireland team. And if Motherwell can't beat a, a mid-table League of Ireland team over two legs, they've got serious concerns moving forward. That's just the nature of the business. But I certainly think, you know, they will have been hurt. They'll be a little bit embarrassed because you've lost, especially at home, against a team you should be beating. And I would expect to see that frustration come out on the game on Thursday. First goal in this game, crucial. Because suddenly then Sligo have a mindset, what do we do? Do we try and attack? Do we sit back? Do we defend? Mother will have to go and try and get the early goal, try and put them in the back foot and see if they can switch the mindset. And then they have the momentum and they're the team driving forward. But more than confident that Motherwell can go and do it. But they will have to produce better in the final third than what they did the other night. Yeah, with Stephen Reside on the show uh, last Friday, uh, the day after the the first leg, um, and he was uh, he was not impressed with the performance, and and already asking questions about about Graham Alexander. Um, it was a bit of a roller coaster for him as manager, wasn't it? Last season, uh, he took a lot of stick. There was a lot of criticism, and ultimately, you you couldn't really you couldn't really have a go at him because he got them into Europe. Yeah, well. That- you know, that was big criticism that people said Motherwell were dreadful in the second half of the season, yet they still get into Europe. But it wasn't Graham Alexander's fault or Motherwell's fault. It was six or seven other teams who were worse off than them and couldn't get above yeah. them. I mean, if you're a supporter of another club and you're criticising Motherwell and Graham Alexander for last season, I would look a little bit closer to home at what you're watching from your manager and your team rather mm. than pointing a finger at someone else. So I think that's the carry-on. That's why there's a little bit more frustration towards Graham Alexander after the first leg because of poor results that the second half of last season three league wins out of 18 I think it was Rob something like that yeah, yep. you know so you know that's the, the general frustration and then they talk about style of play but style of play only gets spoke about when you're not winning games you know they have to throw something else at you so it, it, it will be a big one for them but it would be you know in football terms a travesty if they couldn't get themselves through I think we have to say that it then puts a manager hugely on the back foot I remember Angelo Alessio mm. at Kilmarnock oh, you know yeah. went out against Connors Kite Koneski, no match. Yeah, yeah. And then you're always fighting against the elements to get yourself back into it to try and prove people what you can do. So that'll be in the back of Graham's mind. But ultimately, you know, he spoke quite confidently after the game last week that you've got more than enough to go to Sligo and win. Fingers crossed. It's funny, uh, a couple of the games at the weekend put together uh, four managers who are, you would say, under early season pressure, if it's not uh, too early to be uh, starting. <laughs> Two and, to and a half weeks into the season, I, right? I know, that's incredible. I know, the, but, but I mean, that, that's the pedal of, the of playing games in the League Cup, isn't it? For for Well, in Motherwell's case, a European tie, of course, but but for the other three, it's been all about their performance or lack of performance in the, the early stages of the Premier Sports Cup. So Motherwell are in Paisley on Sunday to play St Mirren. Um, and I... It seems to me it's not going to take long unless they do get off to a good start for Stephen Robinson to be under a bit of pressure in Paisley. Would you agree with that? 
I find it a bit hard because he's in one transfer window. You know, he's just in the door. Ultimately, when he took over from Jim, you have to say, I think when he took over from Jim, they had won four of seven games or won three of six games in mm -hmm. the league. They were in a good run. Which you have to say was hugely out of sync from the first half of the season. When I think they went prior to that, it went 11 without a win. So that little window of six or seven games probably made St Mirren look a lot better than what they actually were or how they were performing. When Stephen came in, they were in a place for challenging for top six. He didn't get top six, finished off with a couple of wins. But again, similar from Graham Alexander, it follows in, then into the, the Premier mm. Sports Cup. And we don't get results and there's a little bit of frustration. But I think, uh, you know, if St Mirren beat Motherwell on Sunday, I wouldn't say it's all forgot about, but it suddenly yeah. flips it. Yeah. Likewise with Graham Alexander, depending on how it goes on Thursday. If they won Thursday and won Sunday, it flips it. So that's why there's so many defining games this season, even in the early stages of managers who are just looking for a little bit of hope or just looking for something to turn in their favour. Mm. Uh, you know, goals, huge thing I spoke about, you know, particularly with these two teams out with Kevin Van Veen. There's no one really else at Motherwell I look at and think, I can see you getting 10, 12 goals this season. Mm -hmm. You know, that's been honest. Connor Shields, I think, got two league goals last year. Joe Efford got himself two league goals. That's a big problem, isn't it's it? It's huge. Cal yeah. Callum Slattery, I think, possibly got two. You know, there's not an awful mm. lot in the team. Then you look at St. Murray and you think, Eamon Brophy, mm -hmm. can he get himself 10, 12 goals? I'm not so sure. Can he stay fit? Can Curtis Main get himself 10, 12 goals? Probably not. No. You know, so mm -hmm. that's the biggest difference in the league. Who can find someone that can get themselves goals? That's why Motherwell were successful in the first half of last season because Kevin Van Veen and Tony Watt managed to keep chipping away at the goals. Mm -hmm. So when you take Tony Watt's goals out and Kevin Van Veen gets injured, you look around and think, who's going to score? Yeah. So whoever can find, and be fair, you know, you're talking about St. Johnson and Hibbs. That's been St. Johnson's problem Yeah. You know, for years. You'd imagine. Then you look at Hibbs when they lost Kevin Nisbet through injury and Martin Boyle through selling, uh, selling him in January. You looked around their team and thought, who's going to get goals? Mm. And you look relying on uh, Melkerson, who's 19 years of age, who you could potentially be relying on this season until Nisbet gets himself fit or whether Hibbs going to invest. Christian Doidge. Yeah. But, but he, I mean, he scored a hat trick on the first game uh, in the League Cup and, against, and hasn't scored against since. Clyde hasn't scored since. I think he brought in a couple of strikers. Did I, did I have a little. Who was the two strikers he, he brought in? Was Johan and Bojan? There's Jair Tavares, who's, who's more of a yeah, winger, I think, by the looks of him. And yeah. then uh, Mamadou Boyang uh, has Bo come Yang. in as well. But I mean, I've seen them. I've seen them in a couple of these League Cup games. Actually, unfortunately for 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 them, the the two that they lost to Morton on penalties at home. Um, and at Falkirk, Falkirk where um, they'd made six changes to the team that had beaten Clyde five 0 and and never really got going in that game until it was kind of uh, kind of too late. I'm I'm not seeing anything so far in that Hibs team that's telling me here's a here's a team moving forward. I think the frustration from the Hibs fans, having read some of the comments, was you know they felt as if the midfield three were last year, for example, if it was Josh Campbell, mm -hmm. uh, Joe Newell, and Jake Doyle Hayes probably didn't work or didn't give, give enough productivity for no. the team the start of the season and it was those three again mm -hmm. you know so fans are thinking let's see something different I think is it Kenna yeah they, they brought in the midfield from, again. from Leeds from yeah. Leeds, you know, who's going to take time clearly who's going to take time you know so uh, you know for all the players Hibs have brought in and, and they have brought a lot in again you know okay they signed Bashiri on a full time contract and they signed uh, Ewan Henderson on a full time contract but you know they're bringing in 7, 8, 9 players they brought in 9, 10 or 11 in, in January the answer can't just keep being, let's just keep bringing players in. Mm. You have to at some stage think, right, let's make these players better. Let's work with the ones that we have and we have to make sure they're better and, and see if we can make a better team off them. So, But yeah, you know, because of their last season, then they're on the back foot, albeit Lee Johnson, I have to say, spoke very well, uh, knows the game, you know, has, you know, gives in good in-depth thought process of what he wants yes. to do and how he's going to do it. However, if you're not going to win football games mm. and, and his players don't go out and replicate what he's talking about, 
then his talk is, you know, it doesn't really mean anything because the players aren't reflecting what he's talking about. So, you know, what can he do? You know, he has to make them better. It's as simple as that. The Hibs should be minimum, minimum top six. Yeah. And if you're using um, the Sean Maloney barometer, uh, Lee Johnson's got about um, 15 games to go. I mean, that, that sounds like a joke and, and it is a joke, but... Uh, that's where we're at in terms of that's how long Sean Maloney was given so the fans if 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 these results continue if Hibs get off to a below average start to the season in the league the fans are going to be saying well Sean Maloney got about four yeah. months um, yeah. why, why is Lee well, Johnson going to get any longer? Because Hibs fans haven't been used to winning league games even when Jack gets sacked rightly or wrongly his last like, eight, nine, ten league games I think he only won two or three of even that mm-hmm. so bringing Sean Maloney in didn't really give an upturn. I think he only won possibly three. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got almost half a season, more than half a season, Rob, where you haven't won many games. And then the Hibs fans go out of the Premier Sports Cup and they're like, well, you know, we've drew against Morton, we've lost away to Falkirk, here we go again. So he really needs to hit the ground run. He needs to pick up some wins early on. Where does St Johnston is it then? Home to Hearts? That's right. Possibly, you know. Yeah, because so, Hibs have been whinging about the fact that it is an Edinburgh exactly, Derby two games exactly. in. Yeah. So going to St Johnston will make some of his players really sit up and take notice and think this is what Scottish football is all about yeah. Owen St Johnson first game of the season who will be dogged will be hard to beat will try and frustrate will get smashed in will put the ball forward Hibs players are in for rude awakening if they think they're going for a lovely sunny day to pass the mm. ball about and then comes a derby against the Hearts team who are well moulded well drilled and have got a lot of continuity from last season you were talking about difficult to predict games on the opening weekend on the on the predictor. Uh, that's nil-nil written all over it in <laughs> Perth, go. isn't it? To, well, that's to, the one. to start the weekend. Well, to be fair, for a long time it's been St. Johnson nil, hasn't it? You know, yeah. you know, yeah. without being critical, that's yeah. how Callum built the success was, you know, maybe not scoring a lot of goals, but not conceding a lot of goals. So yeah, that's one. And, and to be honest, I'd look at St. Mary and Mother one, I wouldn't be far off a nil-nil in that way. Either, yeah. no. Being honest. no, no, exactly. You know, it could be a, anything but a goal, a fest goal fest at the weekend. But I mean, just, just a word about St. Johnson and Callum Davidson. And, you know, you do, when you get off to a bad start, then fans do start taking in the tail end of last season and what, what was happening before the, before the summer break. Um, and that would very much be borne in mind, I think, by the St. Johnston fans if... His, if well, they've already got off to a bad start because they haven't made it through to the knockout stages yeah. of the of the League Cup. Uh, the one they the, the, well, they won both cups, didn't they? Two two seasons back. Um, Callum Davidson has to have a lot of credit in the bank, but um, there's going to be unrest in Perth, isn't there? If St Johnston are at the bottom end of the league, a f- couple of months. Of course. In. Well, it, it seems unjust, but ultimately. As a manager, you can't always keep looking back or think, well, you know, we won the cup or two cups two years ago. You've got to judge on where you are at this moment in time. Uh, Graham Carey coming in, we'll get goals from distance. Jamie Murphy, hopefully we'll bring uh-huh. a little bit of a spark. Dre Wright didn't have a great time at Hibs. However, you know, he's got a little bit of pace about him. So that's what they've lacked. An out-and-out goal score, a little bit of creativity. If they can add that, you know, bringing in the likes of Andy Considine and, and, and Ryan McGowan, like for like against... Sean Rooney and, and, and Jamie McCart probably more experienced so mm. defensively you'd always think they'll be there thereabouts and decent but it's that final thing you do with the ball that little bit of creativity who's going to get the goals Theo Blair Stevie May you know mm. I know it's a good that's, question that's the big challenge yeah, yeah absolutely um, uh, you've, you're just about to scribble down on the back of that fag packet over there you are pre- <laughs> your premiership by 1 to 12 uh, who's going to win Who's going to get automatic relegation and how's it going to go uh, among the 10 teams in between? Craggs has got his thinking cap on and let us know what you think as well. 
The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! That's your traffic and travel on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. And uh, we are Tuesday and we're just four days away from the start of the SPFL League season, the Premiership, uh, of course. Um, you'll have your thoughts about who's going to be top, who's going to be bottom, who's going to fill the top six places, uh, who's going to win the Championship, League One, League Two. Stephen Craig is having similar thoughts right now. He is frantically no, no, I'm fine. I'm scribbling. No, I'm... Are you organised? Of course you're organised. What a daft question. Oh, oh, He's come in with his usual dossier of uh, information. Uh, I tried to look over his shoulder once or twice, but he keeps his cards pretty close to his chest. Um, so, um, let's go for it then. Um, you're 1-12 to 12 in the Premiership. And this is off today. This is picking yeah, up, as, we, today. as things stand. Naturally, we know things can change and work and go. I said earlier, I think Celtic slight favourites just because they come into the season with momentum. You know, they've got a, a good, consistent squad. Ange knows how they play. The players uh, have pulled it off for him. So, you know, considering how they finished the season, I think they haven't lost a league game since September. So I think they'll be favourites rightly. And I think you deserve to be favourites because you won the league the season before. So Celtic win the league. And you have to stand. and you have to find a reason to bump them out of the way, don't you, really? Well, well that's and, and, yeah. and the challenge is up the Rangers to go and do that. Yeah. You know, they'll be thinking within their dressing room, of course we can do it, which is what you expect. You know, so I don't think it'll be a simple, straightforward title. I think it will go right to the wire again as it did last season. Uh, both sides will have uh, good days and I'm saying bad days. I don't think they will. I just think they'll be far too strong for everyone else. You mm. look at the money they're spending, Rob, the, you know, not even the money they're spending. The income they have with transfer fees and selling in the Champions League to be able to go and spend, you know, and you consider what other clubs have. You know, other clubs are cutting costs and trying to save a few hundred quid here mm. and there. They're going and spending millions. So the gap for me this season could be as big as it's been for a long time. Maybe not the Hearts. Hearts still will be, I think Hearts will be third. Rangers second, Hearts third mm -hmm. for me. <laughs> and then and then comes the decision. I generally, looking at the other nine clubs, if anyone said to me today, there's your bottom two out of those nine, I would go, okay. It wouldn't surprise me. If somebody said Aberdeen would be in the bottom two or Hibs would be in the bottom two, for example, or Mother in the bottom two, it wouldn't surprise me. Just because it's so unpredictable. And Aberdeen, probably haven't been tested this season so you know are they uh, is it a little bit false to think that they could finish fourth I'm I'm going on that they could finish fourth just because mm. they've spent a few quid and I think you, you, and you look at the the international uh, pedigree yeah. of some of the players coming in I Absolutely. guess for them I mean yeah. they, they they have to be better because well, they were dreadful exactly. last season and Liam Scales I think is a good signing for them so uh, based on what Jim Goodwin has spent uh, and, and what's been available I wouldn't be surprised to see Aberdeen back in the top six and finish in fourth place uh I'm, I'm going to go for Hibs. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. They finish in fifth. Well, I'm saying I don't know why. But they should be better than what they were. And I look at some of the players they have who should be better than what they've produced. Mm. So, just again, based on money they've spent, not based on Premier Sports Cup, but how their manager speaks and what he wants from them. Mm -hmm. I think if he gets out of them what he wants to get out of them, what he hopes to get from them, then they'll be in the top six. So, I'm going to go for them in fifth place. And Dundee United to finish in the top six. That's our six biggest clubs in the country, I'd reckon. That'd be mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Rangers, Celtic, Hearts, Hibs, Dundee United, and Aberdeen. Yeah. We're probably the six best supported clubs yeah. in the league. So, uh, I mean, you look at what um, Jack Ross has done uh, in the transfer market. I, I know you point would point to uh, a lack of goals potentially in Stephen Fletcher, but he will certainly lead the line. And he, he's maybe exactly what you want uh, on the basis that, yeah, Dundee United have 
brought in some players in the summer but a lot of the policy will continue to be the same they, they, they will continue to blood young players in the yeah, team well they have to you know and, and a lot of clubs are now looking at because the English Premier League clubs can't go to the EU and bring in and because of Brexit they can't go and bring in the Spanish youngsters and the French youngsters and the German youngsters and get them for cheap so they're now looking to Scotland and thinking right where can we get who can we buy so if you've got young players in your first team, your business model is to bring young players in, put them in your first team and sell them for a profit. You know, Kerr Smith was, for example, went to Aston Villa for like a fee leading up to £2 million. So that's big money for Dundee mm. United. So if they can do that with Alexa, Chris Mockery, for example, you know, they can get him into the first team and get him doing well, have a couple of good games and someone come, comes and buys him. So that will always be the model. However, the Dundee United fans like that, but they also look around and think, we still want to be pushing at the top end of the league. If it means dripping youngsters in and out, fine. If they come in and they do well, keep them in. But the minute they turn, can you bring them back out again? So that has to be the thought. Yeah, Stephen Fletcher, you know, especially hold up play and link up play. Will battle with defenders. He'll create space for others because his hold up play is that good. Does he have the legs to run in behind and stretch the game? Maybe not as once as what he did. But I mean, he played in the English Championship last year. Didn't get a lot of goals. However, the fact that he played in the English Championship told you he's still more than capable of playing mm. at a decent level. Uh, so, you know, Tony Watt's going to have to step up. He yep. got himself one one league goal at Dundee United, which coincidentally was against Motherwell. So they need more goals from yeah. him. Dylan Levitt, Dylan Levitt will Dylan chip Levitt, in with some goals. I have to he? say, was a terrific signing. Surprised? Probably a little bit. I thought the likes of Hibbs and Hearts might have had a little nibble. Aberdeen might have had a little yep. nibble for what 300, 350 Yeah, when the, when they knew when when, when it became clear that he was available. Absolutely. You know whether Dundee United had struck a deal with Manchester United, but um, prior to him going on loan or whether it was something agreed into it. But certainly he's one that will step up and he'll probably enjoy playing with Stephen Fletcher when mm. he's bouncing balls around the corner and sticking into the centre forward and he can go and make second second phase runs and things like that. So you'd imagine that'll be good for them. So that's the top six. The rest, uh, I mean, it's a tombola. Yeah. Uh, you could literally draw them out. I mean, the two I would throw at you probably uh, as my, th th my thoughts on maybe these two breaking into the top six. Well, not breaking in because Ross County were there last season. Yeah. I think, I have a feeling Malky Mackay has probably done exactly what he did a year ago in terms of the, the players he's brought in and he's proved that he can put them together into a team. The, the other team I think that could feature in the top six are Kilmarnock. Hmm. I watched Kilmarnock against Partick Thistle. Ah, right, okay. And I wasn't impressed <laughs> at all. Okay. Derek, I think, has since signed three players. Right. So that could change it and Kyle Lafferty didn't play that night. Right. But again, Kyle's 35. Mm -hmm. Almost 35. So, so how, how much is he going to play? Would that be exactly, your point? Exactly. He's yeah. a bit of a back problem. So I don't, right. you know, playing in the, on, on the AstroTurf surface of the 4G probably doesn't certainly help a, a bad back he hasn't played since Rob I think he hasn't played since the Partick he, he didn't play the Partick Thistle he played right. first game of the season away to Fraserburgh and he hasn't played since you know so that's a slight concern coming into the first mm. game of the season he might not have played or trained an awful lot uh, you know again Jordan Jones coming in what is he going to bring you know they needed a little bit of pace watching Kilmarnock that night they needed a little bit of pace like yeah Jackson of pace. Jordan Jones just to have it the question is can he get back to what he, he was back? producing last well, time around that, at Kilmarnock that's up to him yeah. that, that's up to him he's went to Wigan and it's not worked because he Mernon, didn't, didn't really work. do it at St Mirren did he no it, it didn't work for some reason you know whether that's down to player whether it's down to club I don't know whether it was down to an England injury something affecting him but you know if you get him fit but many managers have said that mm -hmm. you know but there's no doubt he's a talent you yeah. know you get him running at people causing havoc and taking defenders exactly what Come on, they need, they need a ball carrier mm -hmm. to get themselves up the pitch, and he's playing for them. Daniel Armstrong was another one who actually impressed me. Mm -hmm. Come on, it could be a little game changer. He has never really played in the top flight, so it'll be interesting to see how he does. But you're right, come on, it could, could get in there. But mm -hmm. you know, you could also put that same argument for Mother Wounds at Mern. Okay, they haven't started great, but all it takes is a little run of form, a little bit of momentum going forward. Livingston lost out last season. You know, they've kept the core of the squad Nicky Devlin, Obelai, uh, Bruce Anderson will get goals, Andrew Shinney. You know, mm -hmm. you know, they'll think they're more than capable mm -hmm. of getting themselves or pushing certainly for top six. 
Uh, but you'd imagine a few of those managers would think, oh, we could just finish about eighth or seventh, seventh or eighth. Yeah. Stay away from the bottom two. Then we'd be quite happy just yeah. to build and consolidate and, and, and try and push ourselves on the next season. So we're talking for you Celtic, Rangers, Hearts, Aberdeen, Hibs and Dundee United. Dundee United. And bottom six? Well, what, what, who's, who's, well, who's, you know. Yeah. You, 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 right. I think, I think Ross County will be there, thereabouts. Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, it's tough because Malky every season's having to bring in eight or nine, ten players. Mm. That's tough to integrate in every single year and try and bring people in. But I think he's, he signed more players on deals this year as opposed to loans from last year. So, uh, started off well. Big test going to Hearts first game of the season. Yeah. If they can make a splash there, then they might open people's eyes. Who are the most obvious strugglers? Based on what I haven't watched Kilmarnock, I had said Kilmarnock and St. Right. Johnson. Right. So, and Motherwell, St. Martin, were probably the four. Right. You know, who would be trying to stay out of those bottom two places. That's just what it looks like from here. Mm. You know, I haven't watched an awful lot of them. Once we get going three or four games, then you'll get a better a, a better view of where they are. But I would imagine County and Livingston would be pushing closer towards the top six than actually the bottom four. Top goal scorer in the Premiership? Kyle Goal. Yeah. 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 You just think where he would have been if he had yeah, been injured on exactly. Christmas. And he came back and he wasn't. He got 20, didn't he? Yeah. Even even missing three months. Uh, but league goals, were the 11 league goals? It, well, it was less than Yakimakis could yeah. go 13, certainly. 13, yeah. Nine or yeah. So, yeah. I, so I just think if he'd have stayed fit, you know, the goals he'd have got. When he came back later in the season, I didn't think he was the same player. He still mm. looked as if he was trying to get himself up to speed. So a nice break over the summer coming fresh. I think he, because Morelos, you'd normally say Morelos, but because he's possibly going to miss the first four or five yeah. weeks of the season, he's then playing catch up. Kyogo could have seven goals by then, mm. you know. So I would imagine Kyogo. Who's going to win the championship? The teams who meet on Saturday, Dundee or Partick Thistle. Thistle really impressed me. I really liked it. Can't Do they have the sustainability? And Dundee under Gary Boyer have started well. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those two. Okay. Um, we're going to look at the, the fixtures finally on the show. Get your predictions for the weekend because that's exactly what you will be doing uh, shortly. Um, after we've heard from uh, Giovanni van Bronckhorst, uh, talking about the challenge of overhauling Celtic. Well, I think we have to have the consistency uh, to uh, to win every game. Of course, the old firm games are, as as of last year, very close. And uh, but you know, of course, we we want to be champions next year. And that's uh, as I said, we uh, we have to win every game. You know, every week, and that's uh, that's our aim. We have to work hard for that because of all the European games and cup games in between. But. Uh, we cannot lose uh, lose too many points as we did last year. Yeah, there was that little spell, wasn't there, where they spilled points, and even though uh, they got back closer to, to Celtic, Celtic had had given themselves that cushion, and it and it was four points of a differential. Yeah, at the end, I think they dropped points at Tannadice, they dropped points yeah. at home against Motherwell, they had dropped points at Aberdeen, and that all came to catch up with them. It caught mm. up with them too much, and and that's what I'm talking about. Cholak gives them mm. something different. May just be that target man, Rob, who can get them to go when they desperately need it. Let's get your score lines then for the first weekend of the Premiership season. Um, we're, we're hinting at maybe a lack of goals. Um, yeah. Livingston Rangers is where it all starts at uh, the Tony Macaroni on Saturday. I'd go for 2-0 Rangers. 2-0 Rangers in that one. At 3 o'clock, Hearts against Ross County. They both finished top six yeah. last season. 1-0 Hearts. Okay, 1-0 Hearts in that one. Kilmarnock uh, against Dundee United at Rugby Park. 1-1. One, one. One one. Uh, See if I get these all right. I come in here Monday, get the money. Um, well, you can try. Right, okay, that's fine. Uh, Just check. Can I wish you the best of luck <laughs> on that one? Uh, St. Johnson against Hibs. Oh, 
zero zero. Yeah, do you think, do you think we're settled on that well, one? Do you think that's a bank? That's the that's, banker that of the a, weekend. That's the one. That, yeah. that should be somebody's first answer. No, no. They could be there for three hours trying to score <laughs> those two, um, which probably means it will be three all. Yep. Uh, Sunday, St. Mirren against Motherwell. No, no. Nil, nil in that one. And Celtic against Aberdeen, half four on Sunday. Four nil. Four nil. I think Celtic wow. will be right at it Sunday. Yeah. With Liam Scales not playing, yeah. I think he makes Aberdeen a much better. Ross McCrory possibly playing centre half. At the back, yeah. Then they lose him in midfield. So I think that will be a real baptism of fire for some of the Aberdeen players. Okie dokie. Uh, Celtic uh, kicking off their defence of the title. And of course, uh, they know exactly what's coming Europe wise. It's a place in the group stages of the Champions League. Rangers uh, start next Tuesday to try to qualify away to Union SG. But uh, before that, it all starts in the Premiership at the weekend. Thanks for that, Crags. Uh, we'll see you soon. And we will talk to you soon on the football show. It is Paul uh, tomorrow uh, with Mark Guidi and Peter Grant. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Service your existing car with us right now and it's worth £500 off your next car. Yes, at Macklin Motors Toyota, we'll give you a £500 voucher off any of our brand new Toyotas when you book in for a service with our expert Toyota trained technicians. We even have complimentary courtesy cars available, so book your service now and get £500 off any new Toyota. Visit macklinmotors.co.uk or see us at Kennishead Road, Darnley. Macklin Motors, the new name for Toyota sales and servicing in Glasgow. Valid on services till 30th September. Excludes Motability and Fleet customers. One £500 voucher per vehicle purchased by 31st December.